Welcome. Nice. It always does, Bob. It always does. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Keen the Late Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast talking about whiskey that has no mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. Um, we are here today on another field trip uh, live from the Long Room in the Ravenswood neighborhood of Chicago. And today is a little special day, even though we are a whiskey mm-hmm. podcast without the mention of whiskey in its name. Um, we are talking a lot about beer today and some barrel-aged brews because, once again, our landlords, our friends, our lovers, our soulmates... Our, I don't know, our beer gurus, Beguile Brewing, is back on the show. Kevin, welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, no problem. Thanks for Kev- having us. Kevin's uh, the owner of Beguile, and a bunch of his uh, miscreant friends and colleagues and coworkers are going to be joining us, talking about their new release today. Um, Bob, who is the Fountain, uh, is Fountainhead's uh, beverage director over there, over here at one of the greatest whiskey bars in Chicago, is also joining us this morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. It's a little early morning breakfast and coffee edition of the podcast, the first time we've done this, um, so... Hopefully it goes well. Second day in a row of recording a podcast in a restaurant, though, for me. So um, maybe World I'll just, record. Maybe I'll just not have to pay rent anymore, Beguile. I need 30 days' notice. <laughs> 30 days' notice. Where did you record yesterday? Uh, at, the, at Wild in the library. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we were supposed to record in the library, but they reserved us a spot. But then there was three other tables taken by people eating lunch. So we decided to just uh, use one of the tables by the second the bar in the back. Gotcha. But yeah, I was recording with, with the Abelauer guys. Um, Graham Cookshank, who is their master distiller, is back in town promoting their new release. So they're doing that. And then Callum O'Donnell, who is their uh, BA here in Chicago, um, was back on the podcast for a third time for him. Very nice. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So Abelauer and Blom Brothers are going to have to start paying us money because we talk about them way too much. <laughs> Do you keep track of attendance? Um, well, technically... Is that a thing that we could get, like, you know, yeah. a badge if we, you know, every milestone that we log? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, in the NFL when the captains have the little stars and for each year they get a gold star on it. Like, yeah. we could start doing that, I think. Oh, cool. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be great. Like a captain sheet? Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. like a badge of honor that way. Yeah, like a badge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Safety second. Yeah. I'm just naming bands from my youth now. Oh, maybe, okay. maybe you yeah. can get a medal. A medal would be nice. Ooh, yeah. Another medal for another medal for, yeah. for Beguile. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, so yeah, let's talk about what we're doing here today for Beguile and the release that's happening. Yeah. So this afternoon yeah. at noon, we are releasing Barrel Age Imperial Pajamas, uh, which recently won a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival. Ooh. So this is actually the seventh uh, release. And if you uh, want to know the history of that beer and everything along with it, go back to episode 39 when Kevin gave a detailed description of the beer and kind of the foundation of how Beguile started. Yeah, so we can totally skip that part. Sure. And fast yeah. forward to winning the medal, Yeah, which was awesome. I'm a little disappointed that today's the first time we're getting Liz on the podcast. Um, she should have been on years ago. Years ago. Before the podcast even started. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but You didn't in include that in your lease agreement. No, I did But not. we can do an amendment or an yeah. addendum. I got An you. addendum, yes. Um, I did realize, getting way off point, that I was looking through Instagram, and it will be... On December 13th, a month since I lost, uh, launched the Rebel website. A year. Since I, uh, yeah. Wow. So yeah. we should have a one-year anniversary well, mega podcast. the podcast, podcast didn't start until February. Okay. So, so we have four months to plan. Valentine's Day, maybe. We have a little party. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And see, we put this together in 36 hours. So just imagine what we could do in four. <laughs> we really put it together in about half an hour, surprisingly. Um <laughs> <laughs> after drinking at Bob's establishment um, on what, Tuesday night? Wednesday. 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 That was Wednesday. Is it Friday today? It was technically Friday. almost Thursday, Thursday by the yes. time that we came up with this idea. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was. we were all sitting around enjoying the release of uh, the beer. And then, you know, things kept growing. Then maybe a high life or two, maybe a shot of Buffalo Trace. Um, and then next maybe thing you know, two to three pours of 2019 barrel H and Pajamas. I was waiting for gets, that to gets step a, in. Get some brain cooking. Yeah. 
And the cheese curds. And Get the cheese, the cheese curds. curds. Cheese curds. Oh, I had some great lamb stew as well. Oh, lamb stew. Is it lamb stew? Yeah. Lamb stew, right? Yeah. 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 It's very yeah. tasty. Steak frites. I ate mm. it before the waitress would come back and ask if I liked it. She's like, oh, I guess you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Bulls empty. Hey, hey, Tony Thompson. Tony Thompson, the ringleader. Hey. 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 Uh, okay, we've been here, but that's <laughs> 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 Yeah, Tony, oh, welcome. Um, so, yeah, if you hear all the background noise, that's just, you know, uh, the Beguile folks and some also customers here at the Long Room enjoying their coffee. It's a great bar and establishment, open in the morning, the daytime for coffee. I and always forget this. Yeah, yeah. And then at night, it's a great bar to have some good beers, some good local whiskey, and some whiskey from around the world as well. I was talking to Tony. You were, I yeah. T- zoned out from it, sorry. Um, I did cut you off about the um, barrel-aged brew. Oh, so, right. Um, you want to go a little bit more detail into it? Yeah, yeah. so back in 2014, um, we received our first, we received, I think, two Heaven Hill barrels, and we uh, played around a little bit with our first ever barrel-aged beer, which was about two bourbon barrels, about 106 gallons, uh, and it was a lot, uh, you know, we were... Not sure really at the time that was our first exposure to playing around with barrels, but uh, mm. that led to that was an imperial brown ale. That was the first thing we ever aged. But then uh, we had an imperial oatmeal stout that was really nice, uh, and we threw it into barrels, and that was the uh, first iteration of barrel aged imperial pajama. So we released that in 2014. Nice. Um, and that was uh, in that year we were actually only still just a bottle shop. So we sold growlers and bottles to go. We didn't have a tap room yet. There's other brewery in the Lakeview neighborhood that does that, and it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Have you heard of it? No, uh, is it Drap? No, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. No. I don't yeah. know. Uh, and then um, the progression to what's become now. Yeah. So this is the seventh uh, seventh anniversary, or se- I guess it's se- not an anniversary. It's uh, the seventh iteration or seventh release of Barrel Asian Imperial Pajamas, and so it's changed uh, quite a bit from you know when we first started. We've we've always focused on uh, trying to. Um, developed the beer mm-hmm. uh, over the years and so we've made some tweaks every year based on uh, feedback because we're fortunate to host the festival of wooden barrel aged beer so mm-hmm. that beer has appeared at Fobab uh, seven times uh, GABF six times mm-hmm. and uh, so definitely always seeking feedback on that and um, you know that's what led us to um, where we were back in October when we won a gold medal for um, the barrel-aged category strong uh, stout, yep. uh, category 30. Um, there was 180 entries, and, uh, yeah, it was really cool um, to kind of get validation for a beer that I think our regular customers and, uh, you know, whether retail or, you know, taproom customers uh, have, have known that that beer has been a great beer for a long time. And um, so to get that validation, and then a month later, we have this release today. So it's a... Uh, you know, the, the release days started uh, building starting in 2016. We um, started doing variants, and every year we've got uh, we've got a lot of folks who I will not mention uh, that may be working remotely today Ooh. from the brewery. So today we are disguising ourselves as a co-working space. Um, we could call it B-Work. What? <laughs> which is like it's a hybrid. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's really there'll be a lot of people uh, that are calling in sick or working remotely. Oh, yeah. Um, those people. Yeah. Those people, those yeah. People. Um, yep. They're probably teachers as well. They're probably still in strike. No, 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 no. I did have some teachers reach out and said they, if they wanted to come on to uh, talk about the strike. If they're, oh. well, if they, I want to try to get the like, whole bartending side of it because a lot of teachers, you know, bartend on the side or maybe in the summertime. But it kind of was too late and by the end of it all. And then they finally crossed those lines and made the deal. 
Um, for all you people outside of Chicago, there was a big teacher strike last month. <laughs> <laughs> was a thing. That stopped the progression of kids learning for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but back to beer, back to whiskey, whatever we're talking about today. Should we have our uh, first Beguile employee on? Yeah, and then we could, I think Tony's working on getting gathering some glasses for us. Ooh, so we could bring maybe. our first ever, oh, not just glasses. first employee on this podcast, but today, uh, but first employee ever. Yep. Next employee zero zero one. I'm not an employee. True. Technically. What do we got here? Empty glasses. Oh, boy. Oh that's goodness. a sign. That looks good. And the green light. And the green light. And the green cool, light. cool, cool. Sweet. Um, yeah. Uh, what, so, well, well, let me get Liz on over here, and yeah. we can uh, start talking about um, her. Yes, we're pointing at you, Liz. This is going to be a very... Um, I don't want to say disorganized podcast, but people coming in and out, so you're going to have a little bit of maybe some uh, bumping of the mics um, and some ambiance until we have the guests come on. So um, Liz is coming over, who is the lead brewer? Is that right? Head brewer. Head brewer. Nick is the lead brewer. Oh, We have two brewers. We have a head brewer and we have a lead brewer. Yep. So she's the head brewer. She's a head brewer. Gotcha. She's been the head brewer since 2015. Yeah. And here she is, sitting down. Oh, sweet. Looking great in her pajama top. Oh, what's this bottle? What'd you bring? 2015 Imperial Pajamas. Nice. Nice. 2015 Imperial Pajamas. So the second iteration. Yes. I did not have... It turns out we did not catalog the 2014 year. Gotcha. So Liz has a couple bottles that she stashed away. Yeah. So um, Liz, uh, we've been trying to get you on the podcast for years now. Have you? Um, Yeah. We've been been reaching out to your PR agency and to your people. You don't have a... You don't have a bottle opener on your keychain? Uh, it fell off the other night, actually. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. This is going to be trouble. Liz is leaving now again. She, after <laughs> I do have a Glencairn. Oh, there we go. What do you call that? A keychain? All right. What do you call this? Like oh. a little... Uh, shaker? Shaker guy? Well, no, it's a Glencairn glass, but what do you oh. call like the actual things you put on your keychain that have no service? These are for show? Uh... Like a, maybe I don't know a charm. I think it's a, a charm. charm. There yeah. we go. Flare, a fob, a flare, flare, a lot of flare, a lot of flare, a lot of flare. Um, but yeah, Liz, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Liz is the genius, in my opinion, behind uh, Beguile Brewing, and that's what Wilson and I tell our guests uh, most weeks, actually, on the podcast. That uh, you know, Kevin's Kevin's the for the looks. Um, Nick, Thank you. Nick is for uh, his business savvy purposes. Tony is for his radio voice, um, and which he'll be on here soon enough. And uh, Ethan, just all around great guy, and everybody else, good people. But Liz is the brains of the operation. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background with Beguile and brewing in general? I have no background in brewing. Uh, it is all at Beguile. Okay. Uh, started working here accidentally one day. I haven't uh, heard the story. Yeah. Uh, so I just Thank finished you. grad school, uh, moved to the city with uh, my boyfriend who had gotten a job up here. I was like, surely I'll be able to find a microbiology job surely. in Chicago. Uh, that didn't pan out, um, but we were living about a mile away from uh, my boyfriend's college roommate's brewery that had just opened. Ah. Uh, that was Kevin. Oh, I never. <laughs> that's me. I didn't know you guys were roommates in college. Uh, yeah, Dan and I uh, yeah. were roommates. I helped him uh, become a doctor. I helped ah. him study. Nice. I mean... Why did you not become a doctor? Because I, I studied too much. Oh, okay. Yeah, for things you were not <laughs> doing, studying for. Dr- I drank sense. a lot of beer. Yeah. Uh, In case my mom's listening. Oh. Uh, oh. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> sorry, Mom. <laughs> Education went to good, good, good use. Sorry, back to you, Liz. Uh, yeah. So uh, I started volunteering at the brewery. Okay. So, uh, working on the hand bottling line uh, that bottled this beer. 
Um, and like six months later, Matt was like, hey, uh, you know the science things, right? And I was like, yeah, yes, yes, I know how to use a microscope. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, would you, would you want to work here and do the science things and I'll teach you the brewing things? <laughs> uh, and I said, yeah, sure, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and it kind of all just kept going on from there. I mean, yeah, because yeah, we haven't even talked about the variants that you're releasing today, um, which did you have a lot to play with that, kind of mixing around with everything? Because I know, like, the cocktail, beer cocktails that we've all worked on together, a lot of the the best parts, the best elements and taste come from your ideas. Like, with that one time when you steeped cinnamon for one of the cocktails oh, was yeah. a brilliant idea. Cinnamon's a fun one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Variant started four years ago now, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, or this will be the fourth year that we do it. Um, and it kind of started because we were trying to find a way to keep people in the brewery drinking beer when they came out for a bottle release. Wonderful marketing um, idea. Yeah. Yeah, so... It worked. <laughs> <laughs> it has. We noticed for our first couple barrel-age releases, people that we had never seen before would line up, come buy as many bottles as they could, and take off. And we'd be like, hey, did you want to try our other beers? And we'd be like, no, I'll see you later. Oh. Um, and so coming up with the variants was a way to keep them around. Nice. Uh, that's been highly effective. More so than we thought possible. <laughs> so that was in 2015? For 16. 16. 16, yeah. yeah. 16 so, was the first year that the release yeah. kind of... Is that kind of when, like, the beer nerds started, like, catching on to the brewery, you think? Um, if they were, people were coming around and only buying... Connoisseurs. Connoisseurs. Um, I call them whiskey nerds. <laughs> I call them a lot of things, too. We're very... Um, uh, what's the word? Um, approachable. Yeah, you are. So It's a very friendly tap room. We're, yeah, we try to be... So we're, we're very friendly. That's, um, that's why I used to spend my Friday lunches down there. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, I would say actually, um, I don't know, may maybe, maybe. Maybe. Because I think this, this beer itself has flown under the radar until until just recently. Whoops. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've kind of enjoyed this. So to your point, I think that um, there is a certain group of aficionados out there that en enjoy this beer, but I don't yeah. think it had the widespread um, maybe um, awareness or interest from like a, a trading community if, I, mm. if you would call it that it's more like something that our regular customers and um people in the chicago beer uh, community uh, appreciated and, yeah. and i think they enjoyed the fact that it was readily available nice so yeah. you know that beard had it didn't hadn't i don't think did we ever maybe the first year when we only did like 20 cases it sold out right away but okay. that's yeah. one way to sell out right away is you just make 20 cases yeah. uh, but this year we that's did what we do with all of our whiskey yeah. it's like yeah. we only have 100 cases of it here so it's really super special yeah super special <laughs> uh, but yeah so uh, it's it's been readily available and it will be widely distributed this year but we'll see kind of what what uh, it'll be nice because we did the same amount as last year so gotcha. that'll get us that'll probably give us our first indication of what um, Nick and Liz's gold medal performance uh, mm. translates into as far as to your original question about the beer nerds. The beer nerds. The connoisseurs. The connoisseurs. Yes. So the aficionados. With the, the traders. The traders. And that's what I was wondering, too, if it was more of a little bit of that, like we're seeing right now in the whiskey world. But, um, Liz, with the variants, what were, you know, coming up with so many different flavors, how did that whole approach start? And, like, where did you begin with that? Uh, it started really simply. Um, we didn't have any kind of crazy combinations the first year that we did it. Okay. Uh, it started with like vanilla 
and cinnamon. Um, and those are, cause those are all flavors that go really well with the yeah. beer. Um, we played around with some fruits and stuff like that. Um, and then Nick came on board and he's the one with like the crazy wild ideas yeah. for let's make a bear claw variant. Yeah. So he, he'll spout off these ideas and like list all the flavors that he's thinking of. And then I'm the one that figures out how we implement that in the beer. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, a team effort mm. between the both of us. And with the the wood um, from the barrels, I know you select you have a lot, you're a big part of selecting the barrels too. Um, how do you think that factors in, or how do you gauge of how it might predict of how it might actually work out? Um, so this was the first year that we ever experimented mm. with different barrels. Um, normally, we would use Heaven Hill ten year barrels, yep. uh, which is uh, usually Elijah Craig. Um, and this year, we had the opportunity to get some 13-year-old barrels, some 9, I think, 8- and 5-year-old barrels. From Heaven Hill. Uh, yeah, all from nice. Heaven Hill. Um, so it was interesting to um, – we took the same batch of beer and intentionally put them into all the different barrels so that yeah. we could com- compare and contrast uh, what flavors we were getting from the different types of barrels. Uh, and it turns out the 10-year barrels were our favorite. Oh, so. stick with that. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. Um, and then what's uh, what are the new variants this year that you're kind of working on? Um, so this year, what do we have? Uh, mocha, which is a chocolate coffee. Um, it turned out really, really nice. We used some Passion House coffee in that nice. um, that we were really happy with. Um, churro was a new one um, by uh, popular request. So we sent out a newsletter to uh, our newsletter community and our, our CSB members uh, and asked them what variants that they had had before that they want to see again okay. and what new ideas they had. Uh, churro was a popular selection uh, there. Um, so that one's going to be uh, cinnamon and then some graham cr- cracker flavoring. Um, we've got bear claw. Um, which has a lot of honey in it, mm-hmm. so uh, it's super tasty. Um, I'm trying to think what else we're doing this year. Sweet potato pie. Ooh. Yeah. yeah that nice. one is intriguing. Yeah. I, ha- I haven't tried that one yeah, yet. Yeah, that one's tasty. Uh, we, we were going to do a carrot cake, and oh. uh, that did not turn out. Oh, darn. Carrot yeah. <laughs> is my favorite. As far yeah. as cakes go, uh, German chocolate Ooh. cake, though, okay. is, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, maybe one of the best variants that was ever concocted in the history of yeah. variants at Beagle Brewing. And maybe variants in general, yeah. but that's a bold statement. You sound very proud of yourself. Uh, you know. They should. It's, yeah. a gold, it's a gold medal yeah. winning beer. Yeah, with a gold medal variant I, I, combo. Dare I say that Beguile's in a renaissance right now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I think it's the beguile I think, oh, well, we should probably trademark that. It works a lot better. Um, I'm, there was a, I was recently, uh, in the last couple of years, part of the, the genaissance. Yes, you were. Um, and I think it works a little bit better than I might have Beguilesans. Uh, helped you with that. You may have helped lending, us with that. Lending yeah. you some gin. Some gin. Yeah. Never know. Um, I did not. No. No. Just for my former employers. <laughs> um, uh, when you're working on these kind of beers, um, something that's much more, I assume, more complex than working on your standard line of beers when you're working on your IPAs um, and your ales and all of that, what makes it different? Makes it more interesting and curious? Um, this is one of the beers that we use the most different types of uh, grain in. Okay. Um, so we layer in uh, different caramel malts and chocolate malts and a little bit of roasted malts mm. um, to really build the flavors that we get in the beer. Definitely. Um, yeah. It also has the most grain of any beer that we make. So, what are the other grains? Uh, well, uh, so I'm 
was talking about uh, weight. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but probably also um, numbers. Mm. Um, stouts are kind of like that. Uh, most pale ales and IPAs, you know, you have a couple specialty malts, yep. um, but the hops are the real stars of those those beers. Um, but in the stouts, you really get all of the uh, the character of the beer from the different types of malts you select. Very cool. Do you yeah. prefer working on these kind of beers more? Um, it's a nice break yeah. from the the like, IPAs. Kind of like the mundane of yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, getting redundant, but special releases like this can probably be more fun to play around with. Yeah, for sure. What yeah. was your response when you found out you guys won the gold medal for it? Um, you can curse on this podcast, right? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, yes. Uh, Even in the morning we can. Even before uh, nine a- or before ten a.m. I'm pretty sure I stood there in shock for a minute, and then I picked up my phone and I texted Kevin and Caitlin and Nick, who were there. You weren't in Colorado, right? No, I was okay. in our tap room oh, uh, watching okay. the live stream. Uh, so I just texted them all caps: "Holy fucking fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you should be proud of yourself. It's yeah. a, I mean, yeah. you guys have worked so hard to, to get to this point, and obviously the, co- the company will still just keep growing and flourishing. Um, like with today, you're opening your upstairs space at noon, which is not a regular thing for you because the overflow is going to be so heavy because people anticipate this day for, um, for you guys. And it's mm-hmm. not about just uh, having beer. I think it's about celebrating the company overall or the neighborhood. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, uh, I think so. Should we I think we're up? looking forward to it. It's in a couple hours. Yeah, so yeah I know. Definitely looking forward. Um, <laughs> uh, should we bring on our next Beguile guest? The, sure. The Crystal Destroyer. The Crystal, yeah, at, at Crystal Destroyer. <laughs> uh, Nick, come on over. You're up. Liz, thank you for joining us. Yeah, Finally, we're going to have to have do a full Liz podcast soon here. Yeah. And a brief intermission. Brief intermission. Oh, oh yeah. table's fallen. It could be another opportunity to, to yeah, we uh, should. advance another year. I think so. Yeah, our stagehand, Tony. <laughs> uh, stagehand. 16, 16. And 16. wonderful ambassador. Oh, no, no. Bottle, bottle, bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's Tony Thompson. Tony everyone. Thompson. Tony Thompson. Um, best looking uh, guy here, maybe in the room. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Call, uh, best hair, for sure. Best hair, for there sure. There is yeah. a guy. There's a guy in my neighborhood that lives across the street from me that looks identical to Tony, but he's from Australia, so uh, <laughs> that's the only reason why I know it's not him. <laughs> With a giant dog, he has as well. He's also a Thai fight or a Thai kickboxing fighter, I Thai believe. Fighter. Yeah, he's a Tide. He's a Tide fighter. It's for I, all the Star Wars heads. I realize uh, we didn't talk about the first. We didn't really beer talk that about we just it, tasted. No. Um, um, do you have 16 over there? That I do was have the 16, first yeah. one I bought. I, I bought. have a photo of it somewhere. Yeah, help yourselves. If yeah. you guys are ready to advance oh, to the next we, one. We could talk about this because... Well, I already drank it, but oh. I remember it. Um, so I, I haven't drank it yet. You haven't? Take no. some, do you, it smells a lot of... Uh, really? Yeah, so this is the 2015 release of Barrel-Aged Imperial Pajamas. So this beer was almost brewed... This beer was probably brewed five years ago in January. Okay. So that's a five-year-old beer. Nick needs a glass, I Nick think. Nick needs a yeah. glass. Um, it's the taste of it. You taste so much of the influence of the wood in yeah. the, the whiskey itself. Like you get a lot of bourbon characteristic to it. The the vanilla in there yeah. is pretty kind of crazy that it's yeah. held up after you know we bottled this beer four years ago, so it's uh, still very uh, barrel centric and a lot of it's held up very well. Tom wants to chime in real quick. Tom, oh, Tom, uh, Tom our uh, next, he's coming on after Nick, but he's a, a local retailer yeah. uh, in the packaged goods or industry. Or we can share yeah. the mics. Yeah. Um, he's going to chime in about uh, the, the quality here. I hope it's, I hope it's good. Tom knows beer. Uh, Tom, how long have you been selling beer in Chicago? Um, 
about eight years now. Nice. And I've kind of seen a real change, and uh, I'm excited. This is my first. Thank you for having me. The first yeah, visit here. Uh, and I'm excited. I think that you guys should have some sort of punch card program because I think after the fifth one, I'll get a free sub sandwich. Ooh, is, is, nice. Is that what it is? So I'm yeah, very like excited that. Yeah. about that. Uh, I'm really liking the flavor notes on this one. I'm still getting. It's still burnt sugar. You still get that caramel. Oh, yeah. It still has that, like you said, but it's all that quality of the wood. Definitely. I mean, you really get that. That's what's still hanging around this many years later. There's still a lot of backbone on that. Yeah. Almost, so. I don't mean it's in a negative way either. It has like a, almost like a Coca-Cola kind of effect to it, that carbonation in there. Mm-hmm. How it sits and it plays around with like a sugary, the sugary spice. Oh, yeah, too. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And no mean it tastes like sugar, but more like a kind of, in a way of a carbonated soda. Um, yeah, yeah, but we should probably have uh, the Crystal Destroyer. Crystal Destroyer introduce himself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe tell us a little bit Nick, about how the, you learned about Bee Guy. The lead, the lead brewer. Lead brewer. He was recently promoted. Recently promoted. Uh, I believe... Yeah. Uh, uh, he was Re- recently got a great haircut. In as well. July, was it July? I think it was. Uh, it was an international promotion. Oh, I was, wow. yeah, it was on a conference call from. Uh, I believe I was in Dingle. Dingle. Yeah. I forgot oh. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. once in Dingle. We've never done an international promotion before, so. Yeah, Nick, take first, it away. Tell us about how it first. all began. Um, so, been working at Beguile for about three and a half years now. Yeah, I got promoted to lead brewer recently. Started washing kegs there. Nice. So it was kind of a rags to ragged riches story. Yeah. And, uh, I love it. Yeah. It, uh, been loving it the whole time. Learning lots from Liz, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's great to work under such a smart person. And, if uh, you follow us on Instagram, you might see a guy pushing a barrel on many of our videos that we, push, we yeah. post and um, some other things that uh, Nick was doing <laughs> in the brewery one time, like pulling his gloves off very dramatically and sipping on some beer very dramatically. So he is the handsome man in those videos. If you have ever check us out. I like, I, like so re- good. I like to repurpose those a lot because yeah. the, the, uh, the rolling of the barrel across the brewery, just magical. That's, that's what we do, you yeah. know, daily. Exactly. Almost. I think that's like what most breweries do. They just roll barrels across the Back way. Forth, yeah. yeah, yeah. Barrels that are about to fall apart. You never know. And now <laughs> you just stands. Um, but where did passion for beer begin with you? Uh, gosh. So I got into the industry. I was like, uh, I used to work in a uh, pizza place, mm-hmm. and uh, it was Demos Pizza in Wrigleyville. Definitely. Uh, did everybody, did everybody get it? Oh, I have to finish mine. Yeah. I'm sl- slowing. Go ahead. Keep so going. um, yeah. Uh, Eventually became a beer buyer there. Actually, uh, can I interrupt? Kevin uh, tried to sell me beer. I tried to sell beer to Nick, and he didn't. I didn't he didn't buy, didn't buy it. it. <laughs> Just so, so everyone knows that I don't hold grudges. No grudges. <laughs> uh, we were freaking out, out about the name Johnny Quest, though, at the time. Johnny Quest uh, things were sellouts? Yes. Very good name. So. Good name. Good name. Love good band. band. Good band. Yeah, I love, the, I love all the reference. That's why kind of I fell in love with Beguile, was I started seeing all the references to the bands that I loved growing up. So I was like, got to check these guys out. Yeah, yeah. And gals. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, Sorry see. to interrupt then, my stupid no, no, nonsense. No, no. It's fun. And then I, uh, let's see, I started selling beer for mm. a... Uh, Lighter. A beer company called Hypothesis, so we all have some start at some point in the industry. Yeah. Gotta earn your stripes, I guess. Definitely. Uh, also worked at a uh, nice shop called Bottles and Cans. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know you the worked North there. In the North Center oh. uh, area. Nice. Yeah. So uh, Carly and Joe there definitely helped me out uh, getting to know these guys. But also I used to live on the street 
uh, of Beguile Just at on one the point. street, like outside just, the gutter? Yeah, you know, like just hang out there <laughs> hoping to get a kit job washing kegs. <laughs> no, no, I lived on Kyler for a little bit and uh, probably came down, in there, think, yeah, right? five came in there down. a little too much. I've been wondering how to pronounce that street for about five years now, so I'm, I'm really Coiler. glad that, yeah. Kyler, yeah, yeah we yeah. make it really easy. It's Beguile on Kyler, Even but we get Beguile on Quiller. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> Even though I going over to the Beagle. I used yeah. to work on that street essentially, but you know, I never knew how to pronounce it. You still it. do actually every Friday. You true. work on that That's street. True. Do my I do my work there, my admin work there. <laughs> oh right, right. Friday <laughs> evenings you record your podcast <laughs> at Beagle after five. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so you're on you're sleeping on the street in Kyler, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then just just hanging out in front of the brewery. Uh, eventually they gave me a job somehow and uh, yeah, it was through a uh, fully vetted uh, interview process mm-hmm. in which we hired Nick. Nice. Did you and John start around the same time? Uh, so I started before John. Oh. And John's my buddy who works at uh, Marble yep. now. Um, Out in New Mexico? New Mexico, yeah. And, the great uh, state of New Mexico. Albuquerque. Doing I used to live in Santa Fe. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's a good song in the movie Newsies about Santa Fe. There sure is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably, probably uh, Christian, um, Bale Christian Bale's best work, I would is say. Is this the first Newsies reference? No, I feel like I probably got one from my hats I wear, probably, somewhere along the way. Do you own any other hats? Uh, we've had this conversation last week. We did, yeah. Was it on air, though? No, no. Okay. It was, it was uh, off the record, I, I believe. Okay. I, I always like, kind of forget now this day of my life. Whenever I'm having conversations with a guy, I'm like, was that on the podcast or not on the podcast? It's hard to tell where yeah. one um, starts and one I ends. do. I have... Um, some Star Wars baseball caps. Oh, cool. Would you like one? No. I just think okay. I would like you to wear one. I have a Temperance Brewery cap that oh. I like to wear a lot when Very walking nice. the dog. Um, a Cubs hat. Um, a Bears hat. Any more hats? They're, no, all, no, ba- they're, that, all, they're, all, they're all baseball we're, caps. We're good. Yep. I have some beanies as well. I was really hoping we'd get back to Newsies. Um, and then, yeah, I have uh, a few fedoras that my grandfather left me when he died, so thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just, just well, them just killed the mood of that podcast. Sorry, Nick, I didn't yeah. mean to hijack. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, what were you first when you came to brewing? How did you? Was Liz teach you mostly everything, or? Uh, so I'm a home brewer. Oh, okay. Uh, originally, and started that up when I was buying beer. Originally, and um, let's see, uh, I just really love the creativity of it. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd be a chef if the hours weren't so crappy. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Beer is the next best thing, and the hours are great. Yeah, definitely. At least uh, where I work. Definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the creativity is really just what drives me to really enjoy my job. Um, and uh, I guess the level of precision you have to have as well when mm. you're brewing a recipe that you really enjoy, you're like, I want that again. Yeah. And, you know, uh, being a brewer, just hitting those numbers on a recipe sheet is a very good feeling. Uh, so, you know. We were just asking Liz kind of about the whole creative process behind these beers. Um, for you, is this one you have like, your really great chance to play? She was talking about how you kind of come up with a lot of the uh, um, the variants, kind of these crazy ideas out there. How do you go from that crazy idea to actually implementing it into the beer? Summer, I guess, and Liz helps a lot on this uh, as far as like ratios and whatnot. I'm more of just the, hey, let's let's do this somehow. Let's get wild, she's yeah. Like, okay, well, let's think about this for a minute and. Uh, we definitely put our heads together and come up with something awesome. But, um, yeah, it's more just like, I don't know, you know, I, you get inspiration from life, I mm. guess. And, uh, you know, going home and having, like, say, my mom's sweet treats that she makes. Yeah, and like, yeah. okay, how do we do something with this? Because, like, if you look at, like, 
what a lot of other breweries are doing, you know, and kind of want to be ahead of the curve sometimes. Definitely. Um, and I think we try to do that a lot with our IPJ day and just uh, doing something different, you know, because it's easy to throw cinnamon in something, yeah. but, like... How do you think that your special? your standard beers fall into that factor of, like, always trying to be different and being unique? Because your beers do taste different. There is a reason why the blonde is, like, beloved in this city, in yeah. my opinion, why it's at Wrigley Field. Go go buy and drink it during a Cubs season next year. We could use all of your support. Thank you. That was my rent payment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is supported by... 1025 Blonde. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was eleven dollars. Really? Maybe, yeah. Or ten fifty? Ten fifty. It's only fifty cents more than a bush light. Correct. Or b- Bud, any, Bud whatever, Light. Yeah. Whatever yeah. kind of Bud light. light or, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll be drinking Blah Bush Light tomorrow morning. Yeah. And the if you do the alcohol conversion, your alcohol to dollars is better. And it's a cooler looking can. It is a cooler Very looking cooler. can. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, uh, back to like, how do you implement? Uh, you know, making yourself our, different. Our standard of uh, brewing of excellence uh, is yeah. I don't want to say excellence, but we definitely hold ourselves to a high standard. I'll say it then. I think it comes through in our beer. Me too. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Seconded. Thank you. That was Kevin. (laughs) Sorry. I'm biased. Yes. No, you should be. It's just a little. You should be proud of what you guys do. Um, But yeah, we, uh, I think we hold ourselves to a high standard and that definitely comes through in the beer and you know, it, you want to be proud of your work. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm open to critique all the time, and we're just striving to make it better, better every day. Yeah. So, Tom, in this vast world of Chicago brewing, how do we? How does a company like Beguile and other breweries around the area set themselves different in your uh, your mindset of like? Obviously, we have things like this with the barrel aged brews, but you're not selling those on an every day. You're selling the you know the ales. You're selling the IPAs and those type of things. Uh, well, oddly for. Kevin and I became more of a, like a, he would come around and we would, we just got to know each other. And it becomes, I think a lot of that is, I think people don't realize what uh, personal relationships uh, have a lot to do of making a connection with the brewery. And, you know, when people are coming in and asking what you like, I mean, it's easy to sell, good beer sells itself and that helps you guys uh, a lot as well. But I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's, I think it just comes down to relationships uh-huh. to a certain to Definitely. a certain extent. That's that's how I feel. That's how I sell. It's it's you know sell what you like, you know sell what you enjoy, and you know we're blessed. We live in a huge city. We're spoiled. We get beer from all over the country. We are dead center, and that is absolutely great for us. And we have a lot, but we have a lot of options. Yep. And it's just great to have. It's great to have local beer that is compete with beers from California, East Coast, West Coast, North, South. Absolutely. You know, and it's, just, it's very easy, and it's uh, it's good for the soul to be able to support local guys Definitely. as well. Yeah. So. Bobby, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was just going to, in terms of, you know, selling from a retail s- standpoint or an on-premise standpoint, it's, um, it's really easy to get behind people that you like, that you stand behind, what, what they, you know, the community aspect of it, which Pagao has always been a part of. Um, and so it's it's a lot of fun to to see that relationship growing to see you know I mean the the quality of the beer stands for itself but it's also it's like I want to sell I want to sell these guys beer I want to I want to support them I want to be behind them and yep. grow with them and it's just it's been a blast uh, to be able to do that and yeah um, and I think something that to me with Bagao's like balance has always been a, a thing to me mm-hmm. with with so many Bagao beers and I think that's something that. You know, kind of stands, separates them from a lot of from some other places in the in the city is is balance and appro- approachability. You said you're very approachable as people, yep. and I also think that people can come in there that are 
might not know anything about beer, yep. and they can get handed something from a guy that they can get on board with. Maybe people that are just trying new crap beers for the first time or hardcore connoisseurs, you know. Connoisseurs, uh, not so that's why you know I think that <laughs> separates up a little bit. So oh, I agree hundred percent. And we go back. Wilson and I go back about it so much on this podcast because since we are, um, they're humble enough to have us and gracious enough to have us recording um, in their brewery every week. That it's we started going there not because it was close to where we used to work, but because the people itself. It was so attractive in that sense where you could go in and have conversations about the beer, uh, talk to the brewers, talk to like Kevin, who's the owner. I didn't know Kevin was the owner for the first year you I, I came in there. I was like I, I, I was just like this guy's really nice. I'm like he knows a lot about the beer, and um, as we became friends over the years, I was like that guy was the owner. I remember pointing you out to um, Brittany, my wife, one time. I'm like, I don't know what that guy really does here, but he does a lot of things. And, <laughs> and but it was like, I think it's just like a really humble approach that you guys have about making great beer, but not being um, too verbose about yourselves. But when it comes to things about your barrel, the barrel imperial pajamas, it's um, something special. It's not not gloat about, but um, feel it in the moment and be proud of it. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, any more thoughts about um, this year's expression, Nick? Yeah, it no. just, it's like a, it's just such a labor of love. I don't know. After winning yeah. a medal yeah, for this was beer, I mean, it was, was just, there. Yeah, oh, because you were there in Colorado when it all happened, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, it was a party, man. It's just, it's so cool to, like, be recognized for something you do like yeah. that on such a national scale. With so. your own personal touch, it's like literally in the yeah, bottle. Like, right? That's like what you crafted. All of your hard work, all of your efforts went into that. And, yeah. Like I said. Obviously, we wouldn't be to this point without Liz, but yeah. well, it's, I'm happy to help. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy to be there, to yeah. be the, the counterpart to making this happen. So. Well, and it's, uh, you know, uh, it's been cool to watch uh, over the years how we've, this, this beer sort of has followed our entire progression from when we first opened uh, as, you know, we made, we pretty much all made the transition from home brewers to commercial brewers. Mm. Um, <clears throat> they used to let me brew. Um, I'm no longer allowed oh, to brew, but <laughs> good, uh, good. I do get to watch from afar. It's probably and, the best uh, decision the company ever made. Yeah, sometimes. it's smart. It's smart. Yeah. yeah. I'm only allowed on the brew deck when I'm, uh, doing the tour. Oh, so yeah, oh. um, it's safer that way. Yeah. But, uh, no, but, um, the over the last couple of years, um, watching, um, how we've developed, um, you know, our, our procedures and how we approach things and, um, even like to this year, uh, and last year, I think, was it this year or last year or the year before? It was within the last three years, um, these guys started doing some pretty serious, you know, uh, I guess we've always tasted, but like in the last couple of years, we've really re- defined uh, and, and built an awesome tasting, mm. barrel tasting procedure. And these guys, uh, it is uh, impressive what they do. Yeah. Um, drinking five days in a row uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, high ABV uh, beer sounds cool. It's tough work. Until you get to the fifth day. And then you're like, wow, we've done this five days in a row. But it's pretty cool to see how, you know, they grade the... I've been able to be a part of it when I can and uh, watching them taste through the barrels and, like, really dissect everything and figure out how to blend. Because what ends up happening is every... We did 60 barrels this year, of uh, brewer's barrels, so that's three tanks worth for us. So there's three different... Technically three different blends, but they're all very, very similar. But at the same time, like, they have the ability to you know, talking about expression, like they can curate essentially what each blend is going to taste like. And um, it's really cool to see that process happen and see them grow as brewers. Uh, And then to have, you know, 2018 be a gold medal worthy beer. And then in, in talking about 2019, I not sure if Nick and Liz would be 
uh, comfortable saying this, but I think it's even better Ooh. than 2018 already. So, um, you know, it's really pretty pretty neat to, yeah, to be in that position. Nice. Um, Tom, how do you think awards like this for local breweries uh, project Chicago kind of into, I mean, we are, we're already known as a brewing city, but kind of get categorized in with, you know, like your Portland's, your Northern California's and such, but do you think it kind of separates it or brings more of a shine to the city and its brewers? Well, I think absolutely, because I just always think of when I first started, you know, uh, barrel-aged beers were great, but we would have stacks of Bourbon County and four-packs on the floor almost year-round. Yeah. I mean, so it was, you know, it, it didn't become a thing until, say, like five years ago, and just to watch how that has all morphed into lines around the street and people camping out and like that whole <laughs> mentality has completely changed which is mind-blowing time of year's coming up huh yeah, yeah. Exactly. just around the corner I know. I know i gotta get the hose out to keep everybody <laughs> off the sidewalks out there uh but it's just interesting because when you know because everyone assumes i as chicagoans it's always always kind of sort of been uh bourbon county and it's great to see what kevin yep. and nick and everyone and liz as everyone has done over here because it's just kind of adding a little more shine yep. you know and it also gives us a little more uh, a little more shading and more more depth and more competitive because competition's good, you know. And if you make something as great as you did for 18 and the 16 that we are tasting right now is exceptionally Definitely. good. Yeah, it's really uh, creme caramel. It's like really creamy mm-hmm. mouthfeel. Yeah. It's a little like uh, like almost like a black peppercorn. Oh yeah, like a little sort of spice, yeah. like a cherry skin sort of thing on there. But yeah, and you just watching what you guys have done, you know does the heart good and it's it only helps it only helps chicago yep. you know in the grand scheme of things because people see that and they're like oh all right well someone else in chicago is doing it someone else is doing it of such a high quality and definitely that's a, a tip of that cap to you guys so yeah. Thank you. makes us Thank look you. good too yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> easy sells right yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Um, i'm sure that's the bar scene kind of happening with that too people coming in and looking for those those local beers too yeah, absolutely. Uh, With your, I mean, how many local brews do you have on your taps? I mean, we've twenty. Uh, I've got twenty six draft lines, twenty eight including the uh, cask engines. Okay. So I have twenty six draft lines. I'd say probably half, ten to fifteen are local at any given time. Uh, I certainly like to focus on local beers, and um, and we certainly hear people come in and they're. We could feel with the customers that they're like, oh yeah, like Bagao just Thanks, uh, Nick, for they just us. won a gold medal, didn't they? You know, people are they they're they're even general consumers are are hearing about that, and it certainly translates into some sales and people asking for it. And uh, yeah, we're gonna open another Imperial uh, Pajamas. We're we going to seventeen year. We are. We uh, right. so now we're pouring seventeen, but we just uh, and I like the label change. Label change. Label yeah, change. Yeah, this yeah. is a label change year. So this yep. was um, actually we should do we should do the sales and marketing department. Yeah, bring them over. Yeah, yeah. is this, and, uh, is this Tony Thompson? Over. Yeah. Is it Tony Thompson? Come on Tony Thompson. Tony yeah. Thompson. Tony Thompson. Tony, Tony Thompson, everybody. Tony, the voice. The voice, Thompson. Sales and marketing. Sales and marketing. So, as uh, Nick, Nick just stood out of the booth well. over here. So, uh, thanks, Nick, for coming on talking about that. Wonderful, great stories about um, uh, his background. Go ahead. We should, uh, we should talk about the 2016. Uh, so, we're, we're on to 2017, but 2016, we opened up, has an interesting story. Um, uh, that yeah. bottle specifically uh, was the probably. Um, we accidentally cellared it uh, higher that higher temperatures than you would uh, like. We left it in a warehouse. They left it in our warehouse, which is uh, not climate controlled. And then we found it at the end of the summer. And we're like, oh no! Really? So, yeah, yeah. So now the the those twenty the the twenty sixteen that we drank, um, 
was ha, we have a bunch of boxes left, but on the side of it was left in annex for summer, <laughs> as like a warning. But none of us have drank it yet, and since that uh, particular warm summer, uh, and uh, it was hot that summer. It was hot that summer, but but, but. I thought that tasted very nice. I was getting a lot of uh, black cherry. Yeah. Uh, which I think might be from the. I'm assuming it's like it's cool to see. Like, you know, you talk about whole, we, you know, people age. Um, they continued. We barrel age it and put it into a bottle, and a lot of people hang on to it. Like we hung on to these for, you know, five plus years uh, for some of them. But it's cool to see what happens. And accidentally, we left it outside at a higher what we would prefer a higher cellar temperature. Yeah. But uh, I think it actually helped it. The beer definitely changed, but in a not in a negative still way. Still in no. barrels, right? Was that? No, was it in barrels? No, this okay. is after it was bottled. Okay, I was we... going to say, because like, if it was in the barrel that long and that hot, I'm like, that's a really mellow flavor to it. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, we, uh, after we pull everything out, we put it into uh, um, into bottles. But yeah, we left the bottles in the yeah, annex right. accidentally. Somehow we, I think it was behind a pallet. Yeah. And uh, and we found it and we we're like, oh, crap. We just, that was like 14 cases. and <laughs> But now, holy crap, we have 14 cases of a very nice uh, I mean, yeah, it's a definitely nice a, beer. It's a calmer um notes on it from the barrel effect but it has almost like the, all this cherry all the spiciness to it but almost like a kind of a pancake kind of battery yeah. taste to it as well um it's really nice though is ethan will ethan come over is we're wondering if ethan will come over as well is he yeah oh no tom tom you said tom you said they'll, they'll share over there we're gonna we're yeah gonna, yeah. yeah yeah and then fast forward now we're on 2017 i'm trying to find a picture on my phone of the 2016 that i took but it's taking some time i tend to post a lot of photos uh, Ethan is also coming over. So Ethan and Tony head up uh, the sales department of um, Big Isle Brewing. They, are the feet on the ground, if you will, bouncing around the city, trying to sell and promote the Big Isle beers into bars, restaurants, and also retail accounts. Gentlemen, thank you for having or coming on, not for having us. <laughs> thank you for having me. Actually, yeah, so this was you. Tony's kind of. This all started with I think Tony um, on Wednesday night. Yeah. Well, tech- yeah, if you guys hate this, you could blame Tony. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, te- technically, it was an in-house. Um, we have a so pre-Tony. Tony does get the credit for this exact moment, but it wouldn't have been possible if the Beagle Burrito Club had not suggested a change to our normal operations, which is to eat burritos for breakfast. And that's what brought us to the long room Well, I'm glad we could all be here. So without the Burrito Club, Tony's magnificent idea of (laughs) imposing upon Clark and Jason. uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And Tony probably has the best radio voice here, as you can tell. Yeah, (laughs) go ahead and talk in there, Tony. (laughs) Talk about what you do. What brought you to the... Uh, Introduce yourself. Yeah. Yeah. My name is. Tony I'm curious Thompson. to know how you, you know, you got here. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's so also am I. a very good question. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a good question, but it's a question too. It's a question. Uh, if you guys yeah. even want to hold the mic too and pass it around, that's totally oh, fine. Yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Tony Thompson. <laughs> uh, doing the <laughs> feet on the ground in sales for Beguile Brewing. Uh, I was a uh, fan of Beguile as I've lived in the neighborhood for a long time. Uh, I was very fortunate that a friend of mine, uh, Derek Linskog, had turned me on to the brewery. Uh, before the tap room was actually open, and so he was uh, my in, if you will, for being able to hang out and loiter and drink some uh, beers. Uh, it was there that I fell in love with Freebird, and then uh, returned a few times to eventually uh, ask for a paycheck instead of just giving <laughs> giving one. And <clears throat> therein lies the story. Here uh, we are. After being in the tap room for a little bit, I found myself at the Oakwood one night and 
decided to. Yeah. Ooh, nice. It was a late night. Wow. Uh, there found we go. myself a one of the premier four a.m. bars in Chicago. <laughs> And uh, had bought a few of the bottles of Blonde and Freebird that were still being hand-bottled, uh, a back-breaking labor <laughs> of love that that was. Samples. And uh, had sent that out. Uh, those we bottled with a machine, but I appreciate the... Li- but lifting the bottles. Oh, oh lifting, yeah, hand. Right. Oh, hand bottle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. 2016, it was 2017 that I had a picture of in front of a... Oh, um, maybe next year, yeah. Darn it. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, Which, I'm yeah. a loser. It's okay. I wasted, it's good I photography. Just, I just wasted five minutes of my time. In your time. <laughs> and we interrupted Tony. Yeah, we did. Sorry. So back, back to hand bottling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after, after that, I uh, sent out a few bottles of uh, Blonde and Freebird to uh, Oakwood. Uh, I think that got back to you at some point, Kevin. Mm. And uh, when you heard that I was bu- uh, buying beer for people, I think my first reaction was, is that okay? <laughs> and then it was, uh, we need a sales guy. Uh, are you interested in talking to strangers? In which I'm very interested in talking to strangers. <laughs> My, my favorite part about becoming an adult. Yeah. That's uh, uh, that was actually one of the first SOPs we ever wrote. Was uh, sales sales department must be comfortable talking to strangers. That should be your next beer. Yeah. Are you comfortable talking to strangers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Becoming an adult uh, and and having um, the inability to be kidnapped as easy as I was in my youth uh, puts my parents at ease nowadays for me just going up and randomly talking to strangers. So. Yeah, yeah. Tony was. Uh, it was great because uh, one day uh, I needed to be somewhere to visit an account, mm. uh, and I couldn't. And then Tony uh, uh, was just thrust into the situation. I said, "Hey, can you go to this account?" I love a good thrust. Yeah, good, good thrust into the situation. And uh, you know, uh, he uh, he excelled. It was uh, he went to Harrigan's mm. uh, and locked us in a, a, a tap line. You know, he. Uh, he talked to a stranger. Um, he talked about the brewery. Talked really well about uh, stranger. He informed them about beers that were available, and uh, lo and behold, it worked. Nice. So then it was like, hey, can you do that? A co- you know, can we, can we keep doing that? And uh, here mm-hmm. we are. So many, are. so many moons later. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And Ethan is also joining us today too. Hello, Ethan. <laughs> tell us a little something about you. You know, you know, for your. For your, about me? For your, for your grinder profile. Oh, man. T- uh, Tinder profile, there's, whatever it may be these days. There's not enough to tell. Yeah. Uh, we don't have enough time. <laughs> well, it's the end of the show, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> show's over. That, that's it. Show's over? No. Show's over. Oh, yeah, as soon as I start talking, joking. that's you're, it. You're s- <laughs> no one wants to hear this. When the uh, sixth Beguile, brewer, or, uh, Beguile um, employee comes on, show's over. Yep. Show's over. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, but how did it all start with you? Uh, well, like a lot of great people in this uh, wonderful world, uh, I got this job the best way possible. That's through some form of nepotism. Ooh, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer, uh, equal opportunity employer. <laughs> mm. uh, we vet all of our... <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> we, vet, we, we have stringent interview practices, yeah. uh, lots of hard questions. And uh, <laughs> the remaining Beguile team is yeah. taking off for the uh, oh, yeah. morning to um, their fun-filled day. Breakfast burrito club is uh, is leaving uh, to the tap room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the board of directors. Burrito for club the burrito adjourned. Club, yeah. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Um, Maybe we'll record live from. The I think tap now room. we got to get Shana over here because now Shana, Shana, come join us. So this is our next next guest. Next next next. next. Tom, so, Tom from retail, you're, you're staying. Ethan, um, when it comes to. Uh, are you mostly on or off premise for your sales, or kind of a? It's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Anything you prefer? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, honestly. 
Like, what's your guys' approach when you guys? So we t- we learned about how the beer is made, the creativity behind it. Yeah. But when you go out there and sell it, what are your driving points of the company? Well, I'm I don't think of myself as a salesperson because I don't try to sell anybody on the beer. Yeah. I just drink the beer. You'll like it. It's good beer. Like yeah, I'm not gonna be one of those people like, well, uh, this is the best beer you've ever had. And, oh my god, this is a gold medal winning beer. Let me tell you all about this beer. I'm like, no, drink the beer, and then if you have questions, let's talk about it. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't want to answer. Like, shove it down someone's throat. You know. So when Gently t- sip on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think, because we talked about, I think, what how um, Beguile does separate itself in those characteristics of flavors from other breweries, uh, other great breweries, too, because everybody has their own individual uh, takes on it, on yeah. beer, on an IPA, on an ale, um, your standard account, your standard beers. But then when you do these variants and do these barrel-aging brews, it's a whole different story. Do you guys, I mean, you don't sell a bunch of it to uh, retail accounts, correct? Or how much are you selling of, like, these kind of projects? Uh, so the barrel aged stuff, for example, today, I think yesterday we had the final numbers on what we'll be able to send in to the distributor, uh, what we'll be keeping for ourselves, and that also goes from whether it's the cases of bombers to the sixtals. Uh, with this being a beer that takes about a year to make, uh, unfortunately, it's not something that we can just continuously produce yeah. to satisfy the demand. So uh, our approach is to try to take care of uh, the uh, customers' accounts that have treated us very well, who believed in us early. Um, what up, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> um, and then at the same time, uh, work with moving forward on partnerships that we would love to either see develop um, or uh, people that we, we appreciate the position that they're in, whether they're a new account and, you know, uh, them believing in us uh, feels really good. So if we can you know, kind of pass that uh, good energy on. And, mm. you know, we all want to succeed. It's a very competitive market. We know that. We're in one of the best cities in the country for beer. Uh, more and more uh, publications keep coming out with just uh, kudos to this city. And yeah. it's a city of big shoulders, hard workers. And I think we're proving that in the beer industry over the last decade mm. uh, plus. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, when you go into a market like this, where we have so many craft breweries, and we've talked about a lot on the show, too, with the abundance of craft breweries, how do you find it so competitive and then all these other markets coming into play? Do you think bars and retail are getting a little more um, local, or is it expanding even more outside of uh, Chicago? Yes, very local. <laughs> in fact, some places uh, who will remain nameless want to be hyper-local, mm. as in neighborhood. I like local. that. Do you... I just like the word hyper-local. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a distillery called hyper-local, actually. Yeah, there have been a few places I've encountered that will not buy beer that did not get made in that neighborhood. Well, I mean... Which is, I think, very short-sighted. It is. It's, I mean, I think in this city, it's... Yeah, uh, I mean, it's one thing to want to be local. That's great. And I feel like only being local is also a little short-sighted, but yeah. being hyper-local is just a when little... It, well, I, think it spe- I think it speaks to yeah. the level... Like, it's not my preferred uh, uh, to hear that, uh, you know, hyper-locality is, is abound, but I do think it's, it's quite quite interesting, and it says something about how many breweries we have in this city yeah. Yeah. and how many yeah. beer breweries that are making great beer, because I think there's... It's like a double-edged sword. It's like there's hyper-locality and locality, but... Uh, locality shouldn't sell the beer. Back mm. to these guys' original point, it's, it needs to be Tastes. good beer. Yeah, it needs definitely. to be good beer. So, you know, if it's hyper-local and it's good beer, then it's that's okay, I guess. But it is frustrating as a, you know, if we go to other neighborhoods and it's like, oh, no, we, 
we've got our local breweries. I'm like, wait, we're literally two miles north of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's amazing. We are uh, local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Chicago's a city of, of, of neighborhoods, so it kind of like, you know, yeah. they're all small. I joke all the time that I live in a little bubble. I live two blocks from the brewery. Yep. You know, I went, uh, I went to physical therapy uh, and to the bank are and okay? to Fountainhead. Uh, yeah, it's uh, for another episode. But, uh, um, but then I went to Fountainhead last night for dinner. Second time this week. Um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't have to leave my bubble. So, like, that is kind of like, you know, as, as producers, we don't want to see, mm-hmm. uh, we don't like to see hyper-locality in the sense that, like, if we can't go over to another sh- Chicago s- neighborhood and still be considered local, that's disappointing. But then also, you know, as a consumer, I am almost one of those, I'm a bubble person. I live in my little bubble. I never, yeah. I didn't, so I did all those activities without get, ever getting four blocks away from my house. Yeah. And retail isn't going that way, I would say. I mean, you're trying to sell whatever's on the shelves. Um, so it's really depend just on your neighborhood breweries. That's kind of a very narrow-minded statement. Well, the problem is a lot of these, they do want to be hyper-local, but they're so small that we don't get package. Yeah. That they're so small that they're only tap only, and then people don't understand, you know. Because mm. our local section is probably, you know, half of one of our long shelves and two of our cooler doors you know and we we never have what everybody's looking for because everybody there's still so much beer that we can't even get our hands on yep. that it's you know it's hyper local <laughs> it really is i mean there's and it's just kind of that's just the way it is because there's so much beer coming through that we we can't get and then i feel like one comes in and then one goes out so i just it's a it's an interesting situation we just uh Smile politely and wait for the beer to show up. Do you ask? Do you go to breweries that don't sell and ask for you? Like, are you going to package more and sell, or not? Just no, whatever kind of comes to you. That's someone else's headache. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good mentality to have. Awesome. Um, we should introduce our last beguile guest here. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh, I don't. I don't think we've last? ever met. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, um, first, I think we should probably go start on our last bottle. Oh well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, somebody want to grab the 2018? Well, technically, we have the 2019, but I don't think we'll have time for that. But that's okay. We'll finish on the gold medal. Uh, this we, is can a, re- we can record later live in the tap room while experiencing the brews. Yeah. Maybe have it there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, there we go. We'll, t- we'll try it at 12 o'clock. Part two. Part two. Oh. Uh, so, oh, oh, oh. Limp mic. That was my fault. I tried to take, take it out, and it didn't work. Uh, so uh, Shana uh, has an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, her whole story is pretty interesting. But Hi, Shana. How, I'm, 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 I'm Jake, by the way. Nice to um, meet you. Shana works for the Cicerone organization, as well as uh, our next-door neighbor, Dovetails. You're good. Um, yeah. But uh, I just want to share a funny story, because it kind of um, is sort of like where Ethan was going with his story about how he ended up at Vigal um, through a, a you know very strict... Rigorous. Rigorous interview rigorous. process. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was surprised you got through it, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, we met and had no idea. We became friends. And then found out that her childhood best friend, who now lives in Chicago, okay. was be- was really oh. good friends. How does this work? I'm getting. I don't want to get wrong. You went to college. Not. It was, so I've got it backwards. So, my sister-in-law Emily, yeah. who grew up in Fenton, Michigan, where I grew up, was friends with her college friend. And then in Chicago, one day we were all in the same room and put it all together, and it was just worth, worth noting that we went to college in North Carolina. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, wow, that makes yeah. the story complex. So, Wolfram, yeah, and very complex. Because before that, it was just kind of regular. Like, oh yeah. wow, yeah, yeah, you guys lived in the same town. Cool. Oh. <laughs> of course, you went to the same college. <laughs> uh, what college? 
It's a small school in Western North Carolina called Appalachian State University. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Any uh, Michigan oh. fans hate us. And um, yeah. For the record. Um, Michigan State fans love us. For the record, Michigan as a state is just failing right now. Uh, well, let's... Whoa. Oh, easy, whoa. easy, whoa. easy, whoa. easy, 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 easy. To be fair, <laughs> in 2007, uh, before I met Shana, uh, I was in attendance at the 2007 Appalachian State Versus Michigan football wow. game. Yeah. Um, I was not a Michigan fan either. So no, I was a Michigan State was, fan. Yeah. So, well, yeah. no, I, then I was a Central Michigan University. Oh, yeah, well, I still am. Uh, I am a Central, Central Michigan alum. Uh, my wife is a Spartan, and I have since. Uh, uh, you know, when, when your wife says, hey, we're going to go tailgate at a uh, football game this weekend, you don't say no. I'll be tailgating tomorrow in Iowa City if anybody wants to drop by and have a bush light or two. Cool, cool, cool. This may um, already have happened when this comes out, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, I thought this was live. <laughs> live streaming. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, sorry. It's 5 o'clock right now. That's all right. We got, what time is this going to go out so we can pretend like it's live? Um, we could release it today if you want to. It's not already released? I thought it was live. Well, um, I suggested we put it on IGTV, <laughs> but you guys didn't seem like you were up to that, to be camera um, ready by 9 a.m. Well, we weren't, we're, we weren't sure how many F words we would have. Well, we can say fuck as much as we want well, to. Whoa. Uh, we, we can. I'm just we can. I'm not the first person to say it. No, no, no. Liz, I believe Liz was. I mean, yeah, Liz, if, I haven't said it yet. If, oh. my, if my usual darling co-host Wilson was here, he would have said at least five f bombs by now. Um, also, we keep interrupting Shayna, but yes. Let's now hit. we're drinking the 2018. It should also be noted before she starts talking about herself. Uh, <laughs> it was. Before. It was. It was part. It was another part. It was a part of this. Was her um, uh, encouragement to try and open a vertical. Oh. Of barrel aged imperial pajamas. So, so when when we uh, talked about that, I thought it wasn't going to happen. And then Tony got us all excited about recording a podcast here. And then we had a couple bottles to open, and here we are. So, thank you. And then now, yeah, go ahead. Tell us about Please, yourself. Yeah. So the whole vertical hey. thing started with your idea. Yeah. So I uh, I've been an IPJ fan since its inception in 2015. I Before I remember. It was cool. Before it was cool, yeah, yeah. I liked Beguile before it was cool to like Beguile. Um, yeah, I, I came straight after work one day. This is before I was working in beer. They were having the mm. bottle release, and I was just starting to learn more about barrel-aged beer. I didn't really know what the deal was. I just I'd had a couple, and I liked it. And I came up after work and picked up a bottle, and that was kind of like when Kevin and I started becoming buddies and I bought a couple and took them home for Thanksgiving and opened them after dinner with family, and we all really liked it, and so I just kept doing the same every year and kind of made a joke that, like, I have a vertical of IPJ somewhere in my mom's basement, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to go get it, so, Kevin, why don't, why don't you put together a vertical? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and here we are. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I always buy it for Thanksgiving intentions as well, but never makes it actually to Thanksgiving. I usually drink it before. Uh, That's why you got to buy a couple Multiple of bottles, bottles. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't remember which year it was, Kevin, but I think it was 20... must have been 20, 2018 that all of our... You had gifted us some nice bottles, um, and we got a bunch of them stolen from our distillery. <laughs> yeah, I forget when that was. I think it, it, might, it might have been it, 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 it shows how sought after they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were trying to do a kind thing, and I think you put them uh, in your fridge yeah, at work. Yeah, company fridge. Company fridge, and then yeah. 
And then uh, uh, some four or five bottles disappeared in one day. So, so this wasn't a Nicolas Cage plot twist. Right? I don't think so. Unfortunately, then, too. Uh, where are my bottles? Where are my bottles? <laughs> you know, I just love when Nicolas Cage was doing some handstand push-ups in Con Air. It looked real good. It looked real good. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, but no, then we end up, ha- there was some, some thievery in the distillery where we did a, a collaboration with McKellar, back to beer, and uh, we had two cases left of it. It was a very rare whiskey, and then one case disappeared as well. So um, there was a thief upon us. That's why I had to leave the distillery. I didn't steal them, but no. I, just, I, was just, I couldn't stand in the, the thievery. You know? <laughs> the thievery. Maybe I, an enthusiast at large. Yeah, exactly. an enthusiast oh, yes. at large. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, you know, this beer might pair well with Con Air, as far as movies go. I just, I don't know why that popped into my head. Like, I could drink this while watching Con Air. I can grow a skullet. Wow. Maybe we could just do that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, we're not, in that 90s period of movies, this is a whiskey podcast talking about beer, but now inverting into uh, whis- uh, movies. But um, Buscemi always won in the 90s, every movie. You know, uh, Reservoir Dogs, he won. Yep. He walked yeah. out. All, well, we don't know if he actually survived it at the end. Spoiler alert. When he walks outside of <laughs> the warehouse. But, um, you know, it was made 20 yeah, some years. Yeah, 25 it. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to this point. Yeah. Yeah, I think then, the statute of limitations on spoilers is like five years, maybe. There we go. We're good. Did you ever yeah. see the show Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Steve Buscemi was uh, Ellen's dad. Right. He wow. was the, He was a school principal. Jeez. Yeah. Blowing some minds right now. Yeah. One of my favorite shows of all time. Way ahead of its time. It, it just didn't work out for them. Um, but back to beer, maybe. Yeah. Or whiskey. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, so we're drinking uh, 2018? 2018. Okay. We're not going to... Yeah. metal, yeah. So what was it? I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know if we actually even went into detail of what it was like for you when you won on your last podcast that you happened to come on after yeah, a long time of trying told, to book yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was your, first what was, time. First time. Long time. Um, it's not your first sorry, time. Sorry, well, I cut you off. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I know you said you... Uh, you almost felt like, felt like crying, but like, take us back to that moment. Oh, no, I did cry, yeah. Oh, you yeah, did yeah, cry. I cried yeah. a lot, yeah. Did you call Allison? Uh, I called Allison. Yeah. So uh, it was That's awesome. That's wife. That's my wife, Allison. She's at school right now teaching the kids. Oh. Uh, but she'll be there tonight to help us out a little bit. Um, but yeah, so my reaction was actually I thought that we didn't win because I got my categories mixed up. <laughs> so right before they called our name in the, the category 30, the right category, I thought we were category 29, which we were, but for a different beer. And so uh, I had thought, you had come to, I was coming to terms with like, that was our best shot. Um, you know, better luck next, maybe next year. Um, and then, yeah, then they called our name and that's when we started to freak out. We were sitting next to the guys from Spiteful. We kind of actually did it in reverse. So we won the medal Saturday morning around 11 o'clock. Um, however, we were out till three in the morning with the guys from Spiteful, <laughs> so we were all very tired. Uh, and uh, it was great to hang out with those guys in Denver. It's a joke, running joke in the beer industry in Chicago that we only hang out when we're in other cities because <laughs> when you're at home, you're goes, always yeah. busy. You know, you're always busy, always um, doing stuff. So uh, we hung out with those guys, and then they were with us when when our name got called, and it was really cool uh, to to share that moment with them because uh, Brad and Jason and Will are long, long time friends of ours and we kind of grew up together and so to, I think that was the overall theme aside from uh, 
shaking, crying, calling people, calling my wife. She was on the top of a mountain in mm, Maine when I called right. her, and then she cried, and I felt bad for making her cry. And then I called Liz, and I tried to tell Liz that I wasn't crying, even though I was sobbing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was in the hallway of the convention center because you had to go outside uh, the convention center or the, the where they do the awards. There's about eight thousand people in mm. that room, so. Um, that might be an overestimate. Maybe it was 4,000. But um, cell phones don't work when there's that many people together. Yep. So as soon as I stepped out into the hallway, my phone just started lighting up. And I think that's when, um, you know, it kind of just sank in. Like, it was going up to the stage. I think that we were, you know, these guys were there, too, mm-hmm. Ethan and Tony. And it was just like, I tried to take a selfie. <laughs> I'm really good at taking selfies. Oh, a professional, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was the blurriest selfie I've ever taken. <laughs> so Your camera uh, was crying. Yeah, yeah, my camera was crying. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's but, uh, you know, being a home brewer, too, um, to be able to, you know, Charlie Papazian made a surprise appearance. He actually retired last year. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, sort of the quintessential home brewer. Uh, you ask most home brewers, and that's the guy that they would list as, like, their hero. And so to win a professional competition and be able to meet him uh, or, you know, give him a fist bump, <laughs> that's what I consider meeting. Um, but, yeah, so... In the brewery world, the fist bump is, yeah, you know, it was cool. It's, it's a kiss on the cheek. It is. Yeah. It is. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, was I didn't know I was being videotaped. Uh, yeah. So there is a video floating around of my reaction, um, but it got cut off halfway, which is good because there were a lot of F-words and in the uh, second half of that video, I believe. So. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. You know, you're in the moment there. But I know that's a cool story. To, yeah. you know, it shows all the dedication, all the hard work over the years that you guys have accomplished and kind of comes down to that one, not that one gold medal, like it's the ending point of your of your brewery or anything like that, but it's almost like a beginning start. Like, hey, this is a national, nationally known brewery. Interna- we could just, internationally known we brewery. We could just give up now, though. We could just, you know, hang, you know, hey, we did it. I think we should go break all the bottles of 2019 and yeah. just, yeah, call yeah, it a day. Done. Yeah, it's done. See you. Mic um, drop. The other thing with that is we so we did go hard in the paint uh, the night before, <laughs> accidentally, and so we worked ten hours of a beer festival and then uh, went to bed. No, oh, nice. <laughs> we're all day. We're like we're like yeah, we're gonna go out and celebrate. <laughs> what oh, time then, was it when you won? Uh, it was like eleven in the morning. And oh. then we had to, yeah. So then we had to work two. Yeah, we had to work two sessions of a beer festival and then we were gonna go out and everyone was like, "You good? You good? Yep. 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 All right. High five. <laughs> Back to the Airbnb." Were you guys having kind of the same emotions when it came to that? The win? Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. I uh, I know it sounds unbelievable, but as soon as they said barrel-aged, I knew we, we won it, even mm. though that doesn't denote that it was <laughs> us. I, yeah, yeah. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> like, but seriously, he was like, barrel-aged, and I'm like, oh my God, we just won. And then they said Imperial Pajamas. And I'm like, Argh! Insane. That's where I heard that yeah. noise. Yeah, that, I remember behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> Tony, how about distinct. you? <laughs> we were, uh, we all had our eyes uh, on the stage. We were listening uh, for the category when category thirty. Uh, yeah, had category thirty, not twenty nine. Not twenty nine. But then uh, the T-shirts will be out soon. Silver medal was announced, and it was for uh, Ales from the Crypt. And as a Tales from the Crypt fan, oh, from yeah. the comic book to the TV series, I remember. I think it was. Will, uh, who was next to me from Spyfall, and I was nudging him, or what, maybe it was you, Ethan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, Ailes from the Crypt is such a good name. <laughs> and then all of a sudden... They like, got a pretty big response from the crowd, too. Okay. So there was a chance that we wouldn't hear... Uh, right. Uh, uh, and so when they... Is it had, rapid fire, kind of, this now they announced? Well, there, there was good uh, breaks. Pause yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause in between. Uh, but then when they announced it, it was like the the brain short circuits. I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, '80s classic Short Circuit or the sequel uh, classic Short Circuit Two. Two Johnny Five. Johnny yep. Five alive. 
but there was a, a brief short circuit, uh, short circuit in the uh, neural pathways, and then eventually, once that realigned, it was a uh, heart fluttering joy, and and again, can, cannot um, express how uh, proud and uh, excited I am to work in an industry in such a great city like Chicago, full of great breweries. But for Liz and Nick to be able to stand out, uh, for Kevin uh, and, and Matt to have like their um, idea come to fruition and, and get acknowledgement uh, on a national scale, uh, it kind of makes 2 a.m.s at the Oakwood feel, feel, mm-hmm. feel worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I, I think what we keep hearing about this distillery, or a brewery, excuse me, um, this is a whiskey this podcast. This is a, a beer podcast <laughs> now. Yeah, it's now turning into a beer podcast, uh, is that it's a lot about family and connections and keeping those friends close um, and knowing everybody who uh, works for the brewery and making it known to the rest of the city that, and now nationally, that this is a, a labor of love um, for everything you guys have done so far. And uh, I can only congratulate you on all of that. Um, Feels like it's a good place to wrap up. What do you think? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 30 minutes over my uh, your call time. My heart, yeah, yeah, my call time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hard end, hard end at 10, 10 o'clock. But um, everybody, Kevin, Tony, Ethan, Bob, Tom, Bob and Tom show. Bob and Tom, <laughs> Shana, yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, uh, and everybody else who uh, came out this morning in Long Room for having us uh, here, hosting us um, on this wonderful uh, Friday morning in the fall of Chicago while it's 25 degrees outside. Uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate everybody listening. If you're in Chicago, definitely come check out Beguile. It's definitely, if you're if you're visiting in town, you're a tourist, it's a stop to come by. Easy to get to on the brown line of the L and have a few beers. It's the gateway to Malt Row. It's true. Malt Row is a wonderful area of Chicago where we have eight, bre- eight breweries? Something Seven like breweries? that. If there isn't, there will be eight. Yeah, and a, and, <laughs> and, a, and a distillery as well um, that makes some, some good local Chicago whiskey known as Koval, my former employer. Shout out to you guys. What up? Um, is it a good time to announce the name change to Kegan Lake? <laughs> we've, been wait, we've been waiting for it. We're actually so we're releasing a weed podcast as well. Oh. Um, yeah, called um, uh, Key in the Park. In the park is yeah. that I don't understand. Reference to being high in the park, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's all I can come up with in a very short time span. Oh, um, we're basically going to franchise this out and yeah, yeah. have other, you know, um, it's become a monopoly. Well, dibs on keg, keg in the lake. Keg in the lake. We hosted by Kevin on Wednesday afternoons, and that one's Kev in the lake. Keg in the lake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. I like that too. I like that too. As uh, if you ever listen to our podcast, we never know how to end these. So. Um, <laughs> It's kind of a long outro, always. At least two minutes is our average. Um, but, yeah, we are uh, Keen the Lake. Check us out at Keen Lake, keenlake.com. Go to Beguile Brewing um, as well. Go to their website. Go to their Instagram. They're very always active in there and have things every single night because the tap room is open every single day of the week. Are you open on Christmas? We are not. Okay, good. Um, baby Jesus wouldn't want you to. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, check us out there. And uh, everybody else, have a great uh, – if we release this tonight, if we release this tonight, let's release it. T- yeah, right now. Yeah, let's release All right. it. Yeah, whenever you get a chance. Hey, if you know I what, know you... you know what, I can say this. Everybody, have a good weekend. Ooh. Yeah, All with right. com- with confidence. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Yeah, I always get released on a Monday, but this time we get to release it on a Friday. So, if you're out there listening to this on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, have a good weekend. If not, have a good freaking week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for guys everybody coming out and uh, cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.